The following announcements have been paid for by the sponsors of the Hameen Media Group. Hameen Media Group brand management is taking over. Social media, video, audio, design, marketing, and more. HMG Brand Management is proud to be partnered with Vince Russo's The Brand, Stevie Ray TV, Rip Rogers' FR Podcast, Goldilocks, Big Vito Brand, The A-Show starring Aaron Stevens and April Hunter, The Two-Man Power Trip, and now Angelina Love and Velvet Sky, The Beautiful People. Search for all of our HMG Brand Management partners on your favorite podcatchers, YouTube, and of course, Patreon. Support your favorite HMG ring veterans by visiting ProWrestlingTees.com, Dr. Man Beast Ted McNailer, Greek God Papadon, SCG Search from Big Sal, Chris Silvio, Stevie Richards, and of course the Ayatollah himself, Ben Hameen. Hey bro, wake up with the official Vince Russo coffee from Broaster's Coffee. Medium roasted Nicaraguan blend with chocolatey notes and a smooth finish that'll have you ready to go, bro. Available only at thebroasters.com. For a flavorful hashtag RBV fitness foodie experience, visit zorosoliveoil.com. Zordos Ultra Premium Extra Virgin Olive Oil is exclusively sourced from the Zordos family private 100-year-old olive groves in Greece. Taste the difference and visit zordosoliveoil.com today. StevieRichardsFitness.com For the most affordable and effective home workout program that'll give you results, real results. 12 and 16 week resistant band programs are available for instant download now at StevieRichardsFitness.com Russo'sBrand.com Where the pros are pros, bro. Get the most valid takes in wrestling from the pros who live it. Visit Russo'sBrand.com Subscribe to Hacker Hameen and Hameen Media Group on Podbeam.com and visit Patreon.com backslash Hameen Media Group. We now take you to your featured HMG presentation. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its continuing mission. To explore strange new worlds. To seek out new life and new civilizations. To boldly go where no man has gone before. Ladies and gentlemen, everyone of the Federation, everyone of the Klingon Empire, everyone of the Andorian Empire, fuck the Romulans because we don't like the fucking Romulans because they're distrustful, disgusting people. And if a Romulan ever has anything to say to me, they can go fuck themselves. It is me, Star Trek for Greeks, because I'm Greek and I love Star Trek. I am joined by my man, Big John Enright, who is recording tonight because guess what he is faster than warp nine because he got here and he's able to record here at a decent fucking time big john it is easter happy easter my friend happy easter and as uh, as we say in the faith he is risen he has risen yes sir yes he has yes yes so, so you know it's a good day uh i left yesterday morning went to my parents house did easter service with him last night 
So I was dressed all the nines, had my nice mm -hmm. little feather bow tie that my dad I gave me. I did see that. I did see that. Yeah, pretty sharp. Uh, and then this morning got up, hung out with the fam, and then we did Easter this morning, afternoon-ish. You know, sister came over from the Dallas area, and then my other sister that lives there was there, and some other cousins and everybody showed up, and we had a good time. And then uh, so rolled out of there about 3 o'clock and got here. Well, it said I was supposed to get here about six thirty, but I got here a little bit faster than that because you yeah. know uh, rerouting and not driving <laughs> the speed limit. Exactly. <laughs> you know, well, it's it's in Texas. Who drives the speed limit in Texas? I mean, come on. Yeah, not on the industry. Seriously, anyway. oh, fuck, the man. Yeah. So you know, the great part about it is from there's a part of the interstate that's seventy five from my parents' house before you oh, get nice. to DFW. So man, you could truck it to almost like. 85, 90, yeah. and, just, and then, but then there was a big wreck over there. So you had to, I ended up gotten rerouted off and took some back roads, but oh, still, man. you know, it was fine. You know, got through everything and then got back on Interstate 20 once it cleared all that. And, you know, it's 70. So, you know, you go about 80 and you just kind of cruise along over there and mm. get through, you know, you avoid downtown Dallas and downtown Fort Worth. Yeah, but, dear God. You know, and so you're like, okay, cool, and just skim along the bottom, and then off you go into Weatherford, and and then uh, all you gotta do there. So I think I got home around six ten. Wow. And, you know, unloaded everything, got everything situated, got my kids situated, had to get my dog situated, and I got back up here at about six twenty at work, and then finished all the news and everything, and then off here we are. So boom, yes. yeah, yeah, you know, go. So recording you know. and uh, so as we were saying before, you know, we really guys listen, we live busy lives, guys. Yeah. You know, we live busy lives. So because um, I'm, I'm going to tell us to tell the topic a little early because we are huge wrestling fans and we are on a wrestling platform. Okay, mm -hmm. so I mean, William Shatner is going into the WWE Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. Captain Kirk is one of the whole thing. So, John, how about we just discuss our top five favorite things about William Shatner? Okay, yeah. So we're going to go ahead and uh, do the black alert and go ahead and our, do our main point first today. Yeah. Um, and so that is what we're going to do right now. And what we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about our five favorite Shatner roles. So we're not limiting it to just Captain, Captain Kirk. Kirk. Yeah, you know, um, because let's be honest, Shatner has done lots of different things. He's he's been lots of you know movies and TV shows and um, you know all that kind of stuff. So we're gonna we're gonna each go um, you know five to one, which are our favorites, and you know our favorite roles or or, or things that he's played in um, and, and along those lines. So. Uh, I didn't flip a coin, so Triple oh, D, man. how are we going to figure who goes first? I only got like three, so. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. We might have overlap, and we can talk yeah, about those and figure okay, it out. Yeah. So, All right, I'll go first then. I'll go first. All right, so, all right my number five has got to be the Twilight Zone episode. I don't remember the name of it, where he's on the plane, and there's the gremlin on the plane, and he's just oh, going nuts. Oh, I think I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Um, that I that was a great episode. Do you, I mean, it's once again, it's Shatner just overacting and chewing yeah. the scene up, and just oh my god, there's I'm telling you, there's a gremlin on that plane. You know, <laughs> I mean, he's just losing his mind yeah. uh, on this plane because he keeps seeing this figure 
out on the wing of the plane that's just tearing the you know the he thinks it's tearing the plane apart. But but was there really one there? They don't know. I mean, it's this whole thing, and that's yeah, the whole thing about the Twilight Zone, Rod Serling, and everything like that. You you know, he tells these stories that just kind of twist and and turn your mind. And so you know, for me, number five, it's that Chatner episode from Twilight Zone. I know he did another one later on, but that to me was his best one um, from the Twilight Zone. So that's my number five was Shatner on Twilight Zone. That's great. My number five is, believe it or not, the Priceline commercials guy. I love Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just like, I absolutely loved it. It's like Priceline. He was just doing, like, he do like his little dance. He, he was yeah. just full on fucking Shatner, just crazy. Oh, yeah. And, um, and you watch it, and you just, you just, it's like, how can you not smile and laugh? And that really did help out Priceline. That was a oh, really yeah. big thing for Priceline to do, go out and get him because, you know, because he has just so much personality and stuff. People watch and they laugh and they're like, oh, wait a minute. He's advertising for Priceline. Oh, I have to go somewhere. Let me go to Priceline.com. And I yeah. use Priceline.com all the time, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That was my number four, actually, because I loved it, especially when they brought in Leonard Nimoy, because they started doing where you could, oh, yeah. you could, instead of just naming your price and not knowing, you could also start looking that up. And so, you know, they were like, Leonard Nimoy is the new spokesperson. And, like, there's one where he walks into – uh, the offices and Leonard Lim- Lim- is that there. He's like, hey, what if we could both be? I'm like the old price on you. He goes, no, <laughs> it's not logical. You know, he tells again, or, or like he goes. And there's another one where he's like, you know, as the, as the spokesman for uh, Priceline, I get perks of staying in these nice hotels. And he's trying to open the door to this hotel. And it's Leonard <laughs> Nimoy, you know, instead, like, oh, hey, Bill, you know, kind of stuff. Uh, that's one of my favorites. Uh, so number four was the Priceline guy and being the Priceline guy and. Uh, especially when they started bringing in Leonard Nimoy to kind of oh, counteract yeah. him and stuff like that, it was yeah. it was great. Oh, I mean, that's I mean, I mean that, that that's a great thing from Priceline to do was mm-hmm. to get both Nimoy and Shatner to do it because you know how many Star Trek fans see that, or heck, or even just fans that loved you know just liked Le- Le- Leonard Nimoy and they say, right. oh wow, look, you know they're 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 recreating the chemistry that they had and they're selling cheap airline tickets, which is right. You know what? Hey. That's great, you know. Yeah. At that time, you know, at that time, that was that was that was the hot thing at the time. So, right. No, I agree. I agree. So that was my number four, which was your number five, uh, was the Priceline guy. My so, number. My number four. In the roast of William Shatner. Oh yeah, that was. You want to talk about just the funniest thing I've ever. George Takei coming out and saying, fuck you and the horse you fucking came on. It was just it was yeah. hilarious. Yeah. And, and they just ripped him a new one. Oh, just yeah. Absolutely ripped him. And then they also ripped everyone else on there, too. Andy Dick, Farrah Fawcett. Mm-hmm. They really got Farrah Fawcett. Really. Oh, yeah. 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 But, uh, yeah, so that was just Shatner himself and the ropes to William Shatner. Was oh, yeah. That, was, that good. was good. Well, you know, and I mean, there was also that phone call with him and Leonard Nimoy. You know, oh, yeah. you know, where Leonard is like, hey, don't do those. Those are those are low trash. You know, he's like ripping him, like, no, I want you to be there and host and roast. He's like, yeah. oh, I can't do that. You know, like oh, it's too bad. And then and they're like, fuck you, Bill. <laughs> or he says something like, <laughs> hey, like, I'm still on the phone. Like, you know, he's like so it was hilarious. That it was, was hilarious. Yeah. It was a good one. So, so all right, so that was your number four, right? 
Uh, so we're at what number three? Number three for you. So number three for me, I'm gonna have to go with his role um, in Miss Congeniality, where he was the um, you know the host for the beauty pageant. Okay. Uh, you know, with Sandra Bullock. You know, that was really really good. You know, him trying to be serious, but at the same time just being aloof and funny, and just kind of being that creepy old man at the at the uh, beauty pageant. You know, and then like the way he sold things, like when. The girl who ends up winning is like, he goes, what's your, what's your idea of a perfect date? And she goes, April 25th, because it's not too hot. It's not too cold. Anywhere. <laughs> and he's just like going, uh, like he doesn't know what to do. And he has this great deadpan face of like oh trying to figure God. out what's happening right now. Um, to me, that was a good role for him. And he, he did it really, really well. Um, he really made that show. Um, I enjoyed it a lot. So that's my number three is him and Miss Congeniality. All right, so my number three, when he appeared for the first time on WWE TV on the King's Court. Oh, yeah. Where he where he took out Jerry Lawler. And now you're talking, this was what, 1994, I think? That he yeah, 94, 93, something yeah, like that. Yeah, 94, 93. This was peak Jerry Lawler when he was just out there just, just getting so much heat and just mm-hmm. breaking everyone's chops. And I that, to me... To me, like when I think of Jerry Lawler, that's like the Jerry. That's how good he was. I mean, but with him and Shatner, the way Shatner, him and Shatner played off, it was fantastic. And then, and then Bill throwing him like like judo throwing him into the ropes and stuff. That was great. So, oh, it was great. And he, yeah. know, he cleared the court. He, you know, he just got everybody tossed, mm-hmm. you know, and all that kind of stuff. I think. Uh, and then, is- and then plus two, he was. Uh, he was with Bret Hart when Bret Hart had his feud with, with right father too. So. Yeah, no, that was classic. You know, that's a great one. So mm-hmm. we're at number two. So mm-hmm. number two for me is going to be William Shatner as Captain Kirk. Um, you know, uh, yeah, he's number Whoa, two. Number, number two. two. Yeah, and I'm going to go Whoa. movie movie Kirk. You know, okay. uh, All right, you movie know, Kirk. movie Kirk is number two for my okay. roles. Um, you know, um, to me. You know, he he had laid the base ground with TOS, mm-hmm. but I think movie Kirk was how he really wanted to play Kirk. You know, yeah. and he, he he had a lot more freedom. He's older. He's doing the things he wants to do. He's being the way he wants to be. So I felt like he was most comfortable as Kirk in the movie roles. And so number two for me is as Shatner role is is him as Kirk in the movies. You no, know? he was. I mean, he was fantastic in the movies. I mean, yeah. Really good in the movies, and even so far, even when we talked about like an awful movie like Star Trek Five, he was really good in that. And then you know, and even with the Star Trek the Motion Picture, when he was trying to play it off as serious and stuff, I mean, he was good playing the serious role. And then when Star Trek Two came out, he was able to be a little bit more, have a little bit more um, uh, comedic timing with it. Mm-hmm. And then once three, and then then three to and three to generations, I mean, it was you know. It was just gold, you know, gold for the for the next like you know three movies. So yeah, yeah, I agree. So that that's my number two for me. All right. Mm-hmm. So what's your number two, Triple D? Got the mad cow, <laughs> Denny Crane, Denny fucking Crane, Boston Legal, William. Sh- I mean, I, I mean, I mean, this was he. Even even with the firm, when it was like went from like it was the firm, mm-hmm. then Boston Legal, him playing that role is oh, the practice, the practice, the, pra- so, the practice, yeah. right? The practice, the practice. The firm was actually a movie, yeah. But 
the practice, we went from him from the practice when the practice was like serious, and all of a sudden, towards like the last couple of they introduced Shatner as this fucking wacko, you know, lawyer, you know, who is that in all actuality is like one like the biggest, like, you know, most famous attorneys in Boston, yet he's losing his fucking mind. Yeah. And he keeps saying, Denny Crane, Denny Crane, Denny Crane, Denny Crane. And it's just, he's just has so many golden moments as that. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite ones I was watching is when him and um, James Spader, who plays Alan Shore, they went out to uh, Canada for a fishing trip for Alan to get over one of his girlfriends. Alan's catching fish. First time he's catching fish. Shanner's not catching any fish. He gets pissed off. After telling Alan Shore, these are such, Alan, they're majestic creatures, Alan. I mean, they're just so majestic. We just, we catch them and we throw them back. You go and take the shotgun, shoots the fish, and he goes, I caught one. It has like the fish's head. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. And, you know, that, that, and it's like, and there's like a lot of like the, the innuendos between him and Alan, between him and, James Spader, where they want to dress up as like pink flamingos, and mm -hmm. they're always like, and plus too, they're always smoking cigars and, and drinking scotch, and you know, I that's and you know that was a really good role for him, and he yeah. fucking killed it. Yeah, he absolutely killed it, and uh, to me, you know, that's that's it's like you know, you obviously know what my number one is going to be, so it's obviously number one, but I mean, that's really close to it. I mean, mm -hmm. really, I mean for the character and the type of like, just like persona that like, literally like if, if I saw William Shatner, if I met William Shatner, I'd be like, Bill, I love you as captain Kirk, but you as Denny crane. What the fuck? That was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. No, it really was. Yeah. No. And this is going to be controversial, but Denny crane is my number one. Wow. He's my, okay. he's my number one role okay, for, yeah, for yeah. Shatner. No, it's not controversy at all. I mean, that's, yeah. that's a lot of people uh, know Shatner for. Yeah, well, and that's the whole point. To me, it was such an off the wall uh, from what we've seen character with him and being Kirk and you know some of these other characters, TJ Hooker, all these different things. You know, to see him play this this character and it was comedic and dramatic and I mean had all these things in it that were just so enjoyable and so yeah. off type um, of him that I was just like. Oh my gosh, this is such a great role. It really yeah, was. You just watch him interact with James Spader and then Candace Bergen and oh yeah, no, they you know, Renee Abajanas and and you know just all these different people that he worked with and that he interacted with that he might not necessarily have had a no, like knowing relationship because yeah, there were a lot of Star Trek people who there made their appearances. A lot on of Star Trek people, yeah, you know, and but at the same time too, the you know he played the part as the part and it was great he, he really did such a good job with it that you know i find that his to be his most memorable role you know oh, yeah. uh the best to me that that was peak shatner mm -hmm. at that moment was was him on boston legal playing denny crane you know supposedly having the mad cow um you know because he didn't want you know the way he would talk about mad cow mad you know cow. dementia you know just things yeah. are going on that he had and um, you know, I it just was so fun and enjoyable. It's yeah. hard not to go back and watch those episodes and just have a good time with it. And yeah, they're hilarious. You know, I mean, and there's a reason why he's in most of the episodes because you know his character really drove everything in that mm -hmm. show. Yeah, as you said before. <laughs> yeah, it was good. It was as so said, good. As I said before, uh, my name is on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> 
No, it's like Crane, Poole, and Schmidt. And that, no, but just, just go back to, to Denny Crane for me. There was a part where I guess Paul left Rene Abrajan. He left to go like for, he took like a leave of absence to go help out his daughter who actually played um, in discovery. She was the, um, Oh gosh, she was uh, one of the um, admirals in discovery in season one. She's the one that sacrificed herself. Oh, 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 I know who you're talking about. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, so, yeah. so, 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 so Paul, the, Renee's character name is Paul. So Paul took a leave of absence to go help out his daughter. So, and I guess like one of the other attorneys took over Paul's like duties, you know, which is basically, you know, pay off the building manager, turn the elevators on, this and the other thing. So, so surely uh, Candace Bergen climbs up like 15 flights of stairs and goes to Denny's office. And all of a sudden you see Shatner down. He looks up and goes, Shirley, you're panting. And she goes, yes, Danny, because of you. Oh my God, Shirley, lock the door. <laughs> yeah. No, Jenny. It's because I had to climb up 15 flights of stairs because, you know, Brad didn't pay off the, the building manager. What are you talking about, Shirley? I never take the elevator. The elevator is for communists. <laughs> I climb 15 flights of stairs every day. And then he's, he's like, my nipple's hard. It's because he haven't turned the heat on, Denny. <laughs> I mean, that's to me, like, I, I, I watch that. I literally, I was like, I, I almost pissed myself so hard. I was laughing. I mean, that's oh, how yeah. good, that's how good he is. And even with like Crane, he would just give like looks, just like the best acting we do is say nothing at all. And he <laughs> did that perfectly. Mm-hmm. Yep. But, but with my number one, with the looks that he did, it was, yeah, it's gotta be Captain Kirk for me. I mean, I, Danny Crane is like one, like Kirk's 1A, Crane's 1B, because mm. here's the thing. One of my exes, you know, she watched she watched Boston Eagle, never watched an episode of Star Trek. So I got her into the original series. And she sees William Shannon. She goes, oh, my God, that's Denny Crane. I was like, what are you talking about? She goes, it's from Boston Legal. She goes, holy shit. She goes, he was a good-looking guy back in the day. I was like, of course he was. He was Captain fucking Kirk. He was banging everything with fucking two legs on it. But it's just... That whole role of like when when you say Captain Kirk, I mean that's a fucking household name for God's mm-hmm. sake. Yeah. And everyone remembers the actor that played him. That's William Shatner. I mean, yeah, I get I get it. Chris Pine played him, but there's only one Captain Kirk, and that's fucking Shatner. And he yeah. made that role the way it is. And he and he can play it serious. There's been a lot of there's a lot of serious episodes. The Mark mm-hmm. of Gideon is probably to me is one of the most serious episodes ever in in the entire. Star Trek universe where basically he's kidnapped by aliens and his blood's taken and they create a fucking super virus to kill people for population control and how he's arguing with the leaders of that country. It's so serious and so much passion saying, why do you want to kill life? What's going on? And it's he's just so good as a fucking actor. And it's just unbelievable. And then you had funny episodes like the trouble of tribbles mm-hmm. and like when, when, so so after he insulted me, that's when you hit him, right, Scotty? Scotty goes, no, when he insulted the Enterprise. Right. And Kirk just has that look. He, just he goes, like, all right. He didn't say anything at all. Just the look said it all. I mean, that's how great of a fucking actor he is. And everyone everyone bags on him about his, his cadence and everything. But his cadence is famous. And yeah. a lot of people use that cadence. And they use it. I mean, I, I see. when I watch Frasier, sometimes Kelsey Grammer has that same cadence. Mm-hmm. And he's, 
uh, to me, Kelsey Grammer is one, one is one of the best actors I think ever. He has so much gravitas mm-hmm. when it comes to acting. So for me, it's it's Captain Kirk number one. Yeah. So yeah, and um, you know, it's very interesting how you know we when we up up to three, you and I were very different in some of our picks, mm-hmm. but then we get down to two and one, and it's like. Oh yeah, you you know we knew. You know those those are his things. So you know, I I think we want to hear from you guys. What do you feel? What's your top five uh, Shatner roles? Um, You can you can hit us up on Twitter, Facebook. You can email the show. You can we'll give all those plugs at the end of the show of how you can do that. But tell us what are your top five William Shatner roles that he's played in. Uh, Whatever they may be, it doesn't have to be like we did. You know, we talked about Priceline. We talked about. Uh, miscongeniality, all kinds of different things. So what is it that you remember the most about William Shatner and those five things that really stand out for you, for him? So we are going to go kind of, uh, that's so that was our main point today. We want to kind of jump the gun with that. So we're going to go ahead and go. Oh, with yeah, we news. jumped the gun because I wanted to switch things up, baby. Exactly. Hey, that's that's it's your show. So we're going to do what you want. Hey, no, 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 no. It's our show. Okay? It is our show. It's I will agree. So. <laughs> But we are going to blow the Blossom's whistle right now, and we are going to go into some news, which this news, actually, since we talked about Shatner, how about we start with that first? Um, we're, we've got some Shatner news. Um, so the first the first story we're going to talk about is, as you had mentioned before, William Shatner is getting, um, you know, on his 90th birthday, he found out he's going into WWE's Hall of Fame. Um, so on April 6th, he will take his rightful place in the celebrity wing of the Hall of Fame alongside Refrigerator Perry, um, Bob Euchre, Drew Carey, Mike Tyson, Mr. T, Kid Rock, Snoop Dogg, Donald Trump, and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Hold on, wait a minute. President Donald Trump. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. 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 President well, Trump. Okay. Let's probably. not. Yeah. Okay. Still my yeah. president. That's right. Still right. <laughs> yes. So these are some of the iconic uh, WWE moments he's had. Uh, in the mid-90s, his infamous feud with Jerry the King Lawler. And then uh, he returned to WWE in 2007. He actually inducted Jerry the King Lawler oh, yeah, he did, he did. In, in 2007. And, and he returned as a guest host in 2010 when he delivered a dramatic interpretation of several superstars' interests and themes. Mm-hmm. As well, he, did, he also was the narrator for the WWE Network series, rally series WWE Breaking Ground. Mm-hmm. So um, when he spoke to USA Today, he 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 said this. It's very much just, um, he called the honor fantastic and drew compare, uh, comparison to most of his roles. It's very much the same. The uh, appropriation, the joy, the enthusiasm, the wrestling on and shows towards uh, its favorite people is not dissimilar to the enthusiasm of Star Trek fan show. So he also went on further to suggest he missed an opportunity. I'm going to admit it now. I missed a career when Star Trek was over. I should have gone into wrestling as Captain. Wow. Kirk. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So really? uh, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, so of course, uh April, Tuesday, April 6th on the on Peacock. So if you want to get on the cock and uh you and Peacock. Shatner, cock. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love cocks. Yeah, right, exactly. So if you want to see Shatner on the cock um, on April 6th, you gotta get that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I think we all know that his most famous thing. Was when he in in ninety five. It says one here one nine ninety five is when Shatner gets into it with Jerry Lawler. Back when it was WWF Monday Night Raw, and and he he gets involved with Bret Hart. Uh, there was also a moment where he uh, where he takes it to the roadie, 
at one point. Oh, yeah, uh, I remember that. Yeah. You know? uh, and then, of course, uh, in this new story, they show they show um, him singing different songs of, oh, of superstars. And then they show a bit where he does, he's raw match negotiator. I guess he had been um, uh, a three-minute segment where he kind of was kind of promoting his, you know, Priceline type thing. Uh, as he was the raw match negotiator, it was Paul Paul, uh, Paul White, Big Show versus CM Punk in the Straight Edge Society um, yeah. with Serena Deeb and, and all that. And so he's in there negotiating, you know, the match for that. So he's done a lot of really neat things. Um, so Triple D. Shatner in the WWE Hall of Fame. What do you, where are you at on that one? I love it. I love it. You know, it's a, uh, it's a great. I mean, it's to me, it's, it's a great crossover. I mean, I mean, he's ninety years old. I mean, he's not, he's not getting any younger. Mm-hmm. I mean, put him in. I mean, he's, he's done a lot with, 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 with the WWE. You know, and uh, in '95, at a time when the ratings were low, he came on and he helped. You know, get, you know, get a little you know, uh, spike for them and, you know, help them get a little, you know, get them, you know, get WWE into the mainstream because he's, he's, he's William Shatner, you know, right. he took on Jerry, the King Lawler and he had a, a memorable segment with him and everything else. So yeah, why not? You know, I mean, yeah. they, 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 I mean, they, they induct every other fucking celebrity in there. Why, why not induct William Shatner? who's like just fucking awesome. Right. Right. So, so we're, we got one more news story to talk about Shatner. Um, I mean, I mean, he's better than Bad Fucking Bunny, okay? Yeah, that's so. Who the fuck is Bad Bunny? I'm sorry. No who clue. the fuck is this guy? You know, all, all these, all these, all these people like when the, on, on the discussion group were like, "Well, if you know who Bad Bunny is, well, I was like, "Fuck that!" I was like, "Listen, I just want to tell you something." The, the most like the latest rap on my phone goes up to like it stops at 2008. That's when it stops. Okay. Yeah. Because after that, it's all fucking garbage. Garbage. Okay? Seriously. And who's Logan Paul? Like, who you know, is, who gives a shit who Logan Paul is? Yeah, like he was on Friday Night SmackDown. And I'm going, I don't care who this guy is. And then, like it's like they shoot themselves in the foot because right like the week before, they're getting ready to talk about him on being on the show. They're like, oh, WWE now has 75 million followers on YouTube. Uh, and then they bring him out like, oh, he's got 23 million followers. I'm like, Dude, you double what he has. Exactly. Why is this a big deal? Like, why, you know, why are you bringing someone out there like that? Yeah, you know, and I don't, even, I don't even know who this dude is. And like, James is having to tell me, and other people are having to tell me. And I'm like, okay, but I don't understand, you know, the purpose of this at all. You know, it makes no sense to me whatsoever. They're and, trying. I mean, what was it? Was it was a segment with like Sami Zayn? Yeah, the whole conspiracy. Like, I watched it Friday or you know Friday night. And we recorded it yesterday, but thanks to Podbean, it's not up yet. Oh, fuck uh, Podbean. Yeah. Uh, we're working on getting on the YouTube channel. But, uh, you know, I, I, I don't I don't understand w- the whole point of the story. Like, it was like you know, it's it's a mess. It's a mess. It's like we're, we're, we got access to this guy, and so we're trying to find a place to shove him in. And so I, I don't understand it at all. I'd rather... You know, hey, let's get Shatner involved a little bit more here on this. Exactly, yeah. But that's just me. But let's go well, to our next. I mean, well, here's the thing: yeah. you got Chris Pine who played Captain Kirk. Yeah. Why not call? I mean, why not call Chris Pine? Why not call Zachary Quinto? I mean, mm-hmm. why don't you call actual fucking celebrities that people know who the fuck they are? Mm-hmm. Not, 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 not this fucking YouTube jack off. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. So so we got one more story that involves uh, William Shatner. Uh, where if you didn't know, his birthday was March twenty second, where he turned ninety. Um, and he did a uh, he did a uh, interview with people the TV show on Tuesday, so the day after his birthday, and um, they asked him when was the last time he watched Star Trek, and he said, <clears throat> "I've never watched Star Trek. Yeah. There are many episodes. I don't know. There are some movies. I don't know." He did mention that he had to watch at least one movie, Star Trek: The Final Frontier, because he directed it. But he said it's all painful because I don't like the way I look and what I do. <coughs> really? Yeah. So, you know, um, so this was in Louis. He's got a movie coming out called Senior Moment. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, I can't, and so that looks, that looks great. Yeah, him and uh, Christopher Lloyd. Yeah, Cruz. Are, you know, him and, and Cruz are back again. Yeah. So you know, it's looking for. It's interesting, but so Triple D, hearing this, how much of this do you think is him just you know? Blowing bullshit, or how, and kind of promoting his new movie, or how much do you think he really believes that? True, honestly, yeah, I think he believes that. I think he's that neurotic as an actor because when somebody you know that's 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 as great as an actor as that, obviously, he he expects everything to be perfect, and when it's not, I mean, he must have like just been out of his fucking mind watching Star Trek Five, seeing you know what was going on with special effects and everything else. I mean, he just must've been like, what the fuck? I, I, how can I sit through this? Yeah. You know, but you know, but then, but then he doesn't sit through some of the original series episodes where he was just fucking brilliant and where you could, you could sit through and watch and be like, wow, absolutely, absolutely amazing. And then like Star Trek six or Star Trek Mm -hmm. four, where he was able to, you know, bring in, the seriousness of basically, you know, this like entity destroying and destroying the world yet still be able to go back in the eighties and, and have the humor and the cop and the comedy and be able to mesh it all, all, all together. Uh, you know, I really, honestly, I think he should look back and look back at those roles and be like, wow, look back and be like, man, I was really fucking good. Yeah. And, and with a lot of the original series stuff, it's like, you know, it was, is the sixties. They, they didn't have as much as they did back in the eighties for, for like the movies. And he did more with less. I mean, he should be proud of those roles. Right. Be proud because of like what he was able to accomplish. So, yeah. I mean, you know, I think to me, I, I think, I think it's, it's true because he's just a, a perfectionist and so neurotic and like his whole like personality, you know, the way he is. I'm yeah. wondering, like, I'm wondering if you watch any of the uh, Boston legal episodes. That's an interesting question. I wonder, you, you would think that would apply to everything he does. You know, yeah. yeah. I, you know, if he's going to do that about Star Trek, you would think that it implies to everything he does. Um, so that, that's just how he is in general. Um, but you know, I don't know. They didn't say, cause this was a, you know, this was Star Trek heavy interview, you know? And I mean, he did reference his new movie, but they were, re- but you know, once again, they're talking about his most famous role, which is as Captain Kirk of Star Trek. Yeah. So, you know, and it's, it's interesting to me that one would have that mindset that, you know, they, they don't want to see what they've done because they don't like it. It's like, okay, well then why do it in the first place? Almost, you yeah. know? That's my it's my thought process on it, but at the same time too, I can understand sometimes 
Sometimes actors do that because they don't want how, what they see on the screen to influence how they do it in real life, too. So, you know, being an actor is weird. Let's be honest. It is very weird. Weird people, man. And, and the movie business is weird, which is we're going to go into another Kirk. We're going to talk about Chris Pine, Kirk. Mm-hmm. Um, so in our next news story, um, there's talks now that the Quentin Tarantino movie is reportedly moving forward with Chris really? Pine. Yeah, so the, wow. the story the story says in terms of the new Star Trek movie, not much has changed beyond the fact that it's looking inevitable we're going to get one, but nobody can seem to agree on what it is. Just yesterday, this story uh, was um, uh, about a month ago, it's uh, or a couple weeks ago, it said, um, just yesterday there was a series of reports that the fourth installment of the Kelvin timeline is back on with uh, the table with Chris Hemsworth um, after he previously dropped out. But then... Uh, it says not only is William Shatner rumored to step into the late Leonard Nimoy's shoes as a returning veteran, but Star Trek IV could also end up being a streaming exclusive to both of the Paramount Plus original lineups, okay. also being the darkest entry for the franchise yet. Despite such a vast info dump making the rounds just a couple of days ago, insider Daniel Reitman said is now claiming Quentin Tarantino's R-rated effort is moving forward and Chris Pine is attached. Wow. It says the Revenant's Mark L. Smith was working alongside the acclaimed filmmaker on the the project last we heard, which was set to be into a 1930s gangster film, largely taking place on Earth, which I believe you mentioned before. Um, yeah, and so um, and it just so happened to be in the Star Trek universe. Tarantino has admitted on several occasions that he's unlikely to direct, but that doesn't mean the studio couldn't market the hell of a movie based entirely on his involvement. Hmm. And after. After all, the two-time Academy Award winner is one of those filmmakers with name value to draw audiences beyond the content. While Django Unchained and Once Upon a Hollywood both made more money at the box office than Star Trek Beyond did. That being said, there's no so there's so much speculation swirling around the series at the moment. It's best not to take anything as gospel until Paramount firms up definitive plans in the future. So hmm. there's so much going on. They don't know, man, man. you know, <laughs> but like. So many rumors coming out about this. Yeah, it's huge, you know. So, what's your hearing these that we we know we have uh, a discovery writer attached to one? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's Hemsworth maybe coming back, you know, yeah. to being involved to Tarantino and Chris Pine doing a 1930s gangster movie type thing. What's what's your we did? Oh, we talked about the Nicholas Meyer, Nicholas uh, Meyer yeah. you know, uh, script and story maybe being out there. What's your hope for the fourth installment of this of this uh, Star Trek movie series? You my know? hope is my, my hope is for uh, Nicholas Meyer. Mm. Plain and simple. I mean, he's 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 written you know two of the greatest Star Trek movies ever. Yeah, I mean uh, that's that's it. It's like why you know it's like he he wrote two of the best Star Trek movies, two of the most highest grossing Star Trek movies ever. So. You know, to me, I, I'm, I'm going to equate it back to, to wrestling. It's like WWE was hot during the Attitude Era. Who was the head writer for the for the for the Attitude Era? I don't know. Vince Russo. Okay. Okay. So we'll okay. Yeah. So so Vince Russo wrote for the Attitude Era. Okay. He did incredible job with it. Made the WWE a shit ton of money. The WWE right now is fucking is in the toilet. They will not call back the man that helped them make a lot of money. The same thing portrays the Star Trek. Yes, Star Trek is starting to become popular. Yes, they have a lot of shows coming out, but 
They need to get into the. They need to get back to the fucking movie business. They need to go back to fucking crushing Star Wars in the movies like they did back in the eighties. Mm-hmm. Guess what? You bring in the guy that wrote two of the greatest fucking Star Trek movies in the world, and you fucking tell him to make another movie. How fucking hard is that? Seriously, give the man, give the man the fucking money, and get the job done. That's it. I mean, yeah. I, don't, I don't, I don't fucking, I don't stand. This fucking bullshit. Don't get me wrong. I love Quentin Tarantino. He's a great director. This and the other thing. But guess what? He's not Nicholas fucking Matt Meyer, okay? For God's sakes. Get your heads out of your fucking asses and let's do it. Okay? Fuck me. <laughs> it's easy shit. It's fucking easy. Uh, broken. We've broken triple D. Oh, fuck, man. I was, I was, I was broken. I was broken before this started. Okay? <laughs> I should have shot like I was playing golf today. I shot an eighty. I should have shot a seventy fucking three. I three putted three fucking times. I, that, that that pissed me off. <laughs> uh, what do you think, Johnny? Oh, uh, you know, honestly, it's so hard to know what I. I mean, I really would love to see Quentin Tarantino's take on a Star Trek film. I really, really would. You know, I I think personally. Uh, but it's hard not to go with Nicholas Meyer too. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. he he did make like I agree with you. Star Trek two and six are some of the best movies that have ever been made. And you know, I I mean, we've we've gone in depth on both of those, and mm-hmm. you know, we've really enjoyed them. And um, it's it's hard not to want to lean that direction. But honestly, at the same time too, I'd love to see what Quentin Tarantino would do with this. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, you know, to to have an R rated. Star Trek is set into the 1930s, you know, gangster style world. I think that would be really, really neat. And to have Chris Pine and, and, and the Kelvin timeline people and their interaction of how they would handle it. I think that's a, a, a really unique concept that would be really fun to check out. Yeah, so no, it definitely is, you know, I, 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 I think that's my choice is there is to go that, but you know, I'm, but I say that kind of like you are with, you know, one A, one B. You know, my my one B would be Nicholas Meyer. You yeah, know, exactly. and this, and like I could waffle. Like literally, I could wake up tomorrow and be like, no, I think I want to see Nicholas Meyer do. Yeah, no, and it's, it's the same way with me too. It's like it could be Tarantino. It's like I was excited about Tarantino. I was like, yeah, let's bring out Tarantino. But then when you, then when then when Nicholas Meyer was being matched, I was like, whoa, whoa hold on for a second. Right. Meyer's one A, Tarantino's one B, and also two. And by the way, and for all and for all the fucking people that want to open up their mouths about the attitude and say, well, it's because it's because Vince had The Rock and he had Austin. Bullshit. You need a fucking storyline for The Rock and Austin to fucking, you know, to like become great. It's the same thing too in the Star Trek universe. Guess what? All the actors are there for like Star Trek V and for mm-hmm. Star Trek the motion picture. Guess what? According to people, those are the two worst fucking movies ever because they weren't well written. Exactly. So so guess what? To all those people out there, especially the, the AEW marks out there, you need fucking writers, you assholes. Mm-hmm. To keep everything in line, to make sure we got everything going. Yeah. But I Listen, mean, we're not we're not mad at AEW. We're we're just giving you no suggestion because we love Tony Khan. We love you, Tony Khan. Yeah, and Tony Lance Khan. Archer and you Tony. Need help. Tony, 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 you need help, Tony. You need and, help, Tony. And 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 Lance, you're just doing great. Keep doing yeah, what you're doing. Lance is yeah. Lance is awesome. Lance is awesome. We love you, Lance. Um so <laughs> So what we're going to do next is we're going to talk about, so Discovery Season 4 has got a release date. They've got a trailer and you know really? all kinds of stuff. Yeah, so 
Uh, they've started production. It's gone a little slower. Um, but they're saying, um, uh, and they and they are talking about the release date is, uh, it, it, they're, they're not 100%. They're saying late 2021 or early 2022 because COVID has kind of slowed production a little bit. Um, but they are filming. They're doing everything right now. Um, well, I mean, obviously, they're, they're filming in fucking, you know, Communist California, okay? No, they're actually in Toronto. Oh, they're in Toronto. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah. sorry Communist Canada. Yeah, right. So, which is where you, they're they're basing everything in Toronto because that's where Strange New Worlds is and that's where, you know, some of these other shows are filming there. Apparently, they got a deal to work there. So, they're, they're in Toronto working on that. Um, and so... Uh, and and that's kind of where they're at with it. They're they're talking about um, you know the Star Trek Day event could be uh, in September. Could be when we see some of the first glimpse of like some scenes and everything along those lines. Um, you know they've dropped some hints and some plots, but I'm not going to really say anything about it yet because you know um, you know that's kind of um, apparently one thing that they did mention though. Uh, Dr. Colbert is going to give a corporeal form to Gray, right? Yeah, and right. so apparently that, you know, apparently Gray will be seen and that promise will be paid off. Hmm. You know, um, so, uh, you know, there's going to be, there's talk about, you know, Tilly, now that she's got a hand of command, what's going to happen with her? Um, you know, and, and of course, Saru, what's he doing? Um, and then, of course, how they're handling living in the new century, trying to build back um, Starfleet. Um, we also know that, um, that the, uh, that chief a commander in chief Admiral Charles Vance is still going to be a presence moving forward and that David Cronenberg will be back as the Federation's Kovich. So, um, you know, we also, um, there's talk of maybe seeing, uh, Keith, uh, Kenneth Mitchell, the guy who was Osiris, uh, Aurelio, the scientific officer, uh, mm-hmm. who was in the wheelchair, the guy who has, you know, cerebral palsy in real life. Um, they're talking about him being back on the show as well. So they're bringing, you know, they're bringing, they're, they're doing, they're going to be doing a lot. It looks like um, we've got a lot of neat things involved, but it's looking like um, just because with, with COVID slowing things down, they're saying late 2021 or early 2022, but the production is not expected to wrap until June. Okay. So, so if it ends in about June ish, it'll probably take, you know, a good six months for them to get all yeah. the, you know, yeah, production and everything. everything yeah. yeah. Anything that's got to come back. So, mm-hmm. um, so, you know, that's kind of interesting in that aspect of it. So, uh, you know, so, you know, so we might get a new Star Trek for discovery, which will lead the way for Picard and then strange new worlds and all that kind of stuff. Um, at I the end of this year, isn't Picard season two becoming, before uh, Discovery season four. Well, no, because they they didn't start filming Picard until February first. Oh, you know, whereas oh. um, whereas they started production for um, Discovery season four in November. Oh yeah, you know, because they they oh, finished, you know, they finished the the series or whatever, and then in November they started production for season four. So um, so basically, you're gonna have Picard. And Discovery running at the same time, basically. Right. And, of course, Strange New Worlds has already started, too. Yeah. Jeez. You know? Christ, yeah. Man, that's going to be a lot. 
They've got three in production right now. Man. You know, that doesn't include Prodigy, which is, you know, the yeah, Prodigy and you know, Lower Decks. Lower Decks. So you got five in production right now that are already, you know, getting ready for either a release date or their next seasons. Yeah. Well, so I mean, I mean, the thing with Lower Decks, though, they can they can do Lower Decks easily because mm-hmm. they can just have all the all the voice actors uh do all do all their, you know, acting basically from from home. You know, they can, right. They don't have to call them into the studio, so right, right, yeah. It, it makes it a little bit easier, but but yeah. you know, still, you've got three live action shows that are in production. Yeah, that's, right now, that's a lot. You know, and let's be honest, Discovery is the one that led the way for the other ones to kind of yeah clear the path. So um, you would think they would want season four of Discovery out ready to go. So you yeah. know, it'll be interesting to see. Um, you know, so. Uh, after hearing just the little bit of that there, Triple D, are you excited to see what season four is going to have? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm into it. You know, as, as as much as people, you know, bitch about Discovery being, you know, too woke and this, as like guys, it's it's and you know, you know how much we love Stevie, you know, but it's not it's not Stevie's cup of tea, and, and yeah, and I get it, but but for me and for you, I mean, yeah, I mean we. I, I enjoy it. I enjoy it for, for like for like what it is because it's Star Trek. And I mean, and yeah, I mean, do they get their woke shit in? They do, but the way they do it, it's not, you know what? It's not as in your face as like other, you know, shows, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't think it is. Yeah. You know, because I mean they they like the whole you know, don't, don't refer to me as a male or a female. They did the whole thing because they said, like, because, you know, she was Trill. Mm-hmm. Trills don't identify as male or female because they've been males or females for their entire life. So the minute she said that, I, like, I wasn't, like, you know, like, like my head didn't explode. I was like, oh, she's saying that because she doesn't know what she is because fucking Trill. You could be a male, mm-hmm. you could be a female. Who the, who the fuck knows? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, I mean, so, the, so, I mean, there was that, and I mean, they, they got, I mean, there's, it's, and, and I know a lot of people are all, well, you know, they, they got the, the gay couple there. It's like, yeah, but you know what, though? It's, it's not, you know, it's not, I said before, it's not in your face. It's yeah. Not, it's not. Well, I mean, precedent was set on Deep Space Nine, Jadzia, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, one of the first lesbian kisses between her and yeah. the other, you know, where, that gender role was confused because she had been a man and the other person was the wife and now she's a girl and it's yeah, all she, she had those feelings. You know, and it's just it's a whole thing. So, yeah. you know, um, you know, the precedent's been set. And so, you know, I don't think it is um, you know, are there time I mean, once again, it goes back to, you know, um, you know, when Jargo had me on for Destino and people are like, Oh, Will Osprey giving an Oz cutter to be priestly is domestic violence. And I'm sitting here oh, going, shut the fuck up. It's wrestling for guys. Exactly. Sake. You know, and I'm like, you know, guys. Oh, my God. Go eat you, a fucking dick, you yeah. assholes. I said, if you're going to complain about that, why don't you sit for me with me for 30 minutes? And I can tell you stories that I hear exactly. on a weekly, monthly basis of people who are actually getting abused, beaten, even killed yeah. for domestic violence. And then we could talk about if a person... A pro wrestler giving another pro wrestler a wrestling move in the ring uh, is considered domestic violence. Please, seriously. These people how about, like, like these people's fucking ideas are just. It's like how the fuck? Seriously, how the fuck do you function in life? 
How do you function in fucking life when you think like that? Yeah. You know, how about instead of doing that, how about you go and you volunteer and try to be the exactly. change and try to do exactly. something about it rather than just sitting there pointing fingers? Exactly. You know? no, I, and I tell the same thing to the people are like, they hate, they hate the police. Why don't you go for a ride along? Yeah. Why don't you see, see like, what they fucking do? What they have. Then you can say something. But yeah. other than that, shut the fuck up, you fucking assholes. God, fucking ruining everything. Right. Yeah. Oh, man, so, you got me again, John. I, I did. But, hey, this one won't get you. This one is going to be a good one. You're going to like this next story. Okay. So, uh, so in case those of you don't know, April 5th, 2063 is first contact day when yeah. Jesus and Vulcans first yeah. met. Well, apparently April 5th this year is going to be first contact day. And you can celebrate with Paramount Plus as they're going to have a virtual celebration on Monday, April 5th. So, as we're recording today, that'll be tomorrow. Um, so whenever this drops, it'll have already happened. But it happened. it'll be a virtual event honoring and commemorating the future date by providing Star Trek fans with exclusive programming, including themed panels with the cast and the creatives uh, from current and classic Star Trek uh, television wow. series, as well as cast members from Star Trek First Contact, exclusive news from the Star Trek universe on Paramount+, Plus, curated episode marathons, the return oh. of Star Trek... Uh, United Gives initiative and more for and um, there is going to be free con contact first contact day programming and that can be found found at StarTrek.com first contact. Hmm. Um, so that's kind of what they're doing. Uh, here's some themed panels they're talking about doing for that day. Uh, Star Trek first contact 25th anniversary panel featuring members uh cast members Patrick Stewart, Jonathan Frakes, Britt Spiner. And Alice Criggy, as they discussed wow. the behind-the-scenes memory from the film's importance 25 years after its premiere. Mm -hmm. um, creating First Contacts panel, costume designer uh, Gersha Phillips, senior concept designer Neville Page, uh, VFX supervisor Jason Zimmerman, and makeup and prosthetics department head James McKinnon, who's mm -hmm. uh, on Star Trek Picard right now. They come together in a conversation to talk about creating the incredible world of Star Trek as seen in Discovery Star Trek Picard. Women in Motion panel featuring Star Trek Discovery, Sonequa Martin-Green, Star Trek Picard's Michelle Hurd and Issa Briones, and Star Trek's Lower Decks' Dawn Lewis as they look back at how Star Trek, the original series, actress Nichelle Nichols paved the way for women of color on television. Goddamn right she did. Yeah. And Goddamn overall, right she fucking did. Her lasting okay. impact not only on Star Trek, but science and culture. There's a second contact panel. Mike McCannon, creator of Star Trek Lower Decks, Paul F. Tompkins, Ghost of the Star Trek podcast, Star Trek The Pod Directive, and Brett Spiner and Jonathan Frakes, Next Generation, discuss how some of the hilarious B stories from the past, like Star Trek Next Generation, paved the way for new iterations of Star Treks, uh, including Lower Decks. And um, the last one is a Star Trek Prodigy panel. Series executive producers Kevin and Dan Hagman are joined by Star Trek Voyager's Captain Catherine Janeway herself, Kate Mulgrew who's reprising her role in the uh, animated form and prodigy as they talk about the highly anticipated upcoming CG animated kids series from Nickelodeon and CBS studios. Um, so there's lots of different stuff. Apparently uh, the panels will also be available to stream for free in the U S on Pluto TV and Paramount Plus's Twitch page. So if you've got Twitch um, after their initial airing, the panels will be available on demand on Paramount's YouTube channel uh, and on Paramount Plus. So beautiful. Yeah, they've got marathons showing um, best of first contact. Uh, uh, and then part one of a marathon concludes 
first contact day, best of first contacts part two. Um, and so there's, there's different bet. So the best of first contact shows that they're going to see Star Trek, the original series, season one, episode 18 arena, mm. uh, Star Trek, lower deck season one, episode one, second contact, uh, <laughs> space nine, season four, episode seven, little green men. That was a great one. That was a great one. Yeah. Oh my God. That's a great fucking. Yeah. Episode. We Star- got to do that. We, we need to. Oh yeah. 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 That's a great one. Star Trek Short Trek Season 2, Episode 6, Children of Mars. That was an interesting one. That was. Uh, Star Trek Voyager Season 4, Episode 1, Scorpion Part 2. Mm-hmm. That was that was good. That was uh, good. Discovery Season 2, Episode 2, New Eden. Um, Star Trek The Animated Series Season 1, Episode 7, The Infinite Vulcan. Yes. Yeah. Infinite Star- Vulcan. That's, that, that, was, that was a good one. That was a good one. The animated series has some good fucking shit on it, man. They have, they do. They good do. shit. Uh, Star Trek Enterprise Season 1, Episode 6, The Andorian Incident. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Star Trek uh, Next Generation Season 4, Episode 15, First Contact. That was good. And then yeah. Star Trek Picard Season 8, Episode 1, Broken Pieces. So those are the the uh, for best of First Contact streaming shows that they're going to be having. Man, so, all right, First Contact Day. So, are you taking the day off tomorrow to stream everything on <laughs> Paramount Plus and uh, day off, man? I can't get, I, I can't, even, I can't even get a few fucking hours off to do anything. Uh, probably, I'm, I have to go in tomorrow morning make donuts, but uh, I will. Uh, I will, I'll of course, be rocking my Star Trek Gator, and I will be rep, represent Star Trek very well. Uh, probably, when I get out of work, I'll probably watch some track and you know work out, and then. I've got a haircut at five o'clock, so. <laughs> haircut. You got to no, you got to get them all cut, not just all a haircut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So we got another story. We got a lot. I mean, there's been a lot of news just popped up the yeah, last couple yeah. weeks, man. Yeah. Um, so we know that on March 26th, which would have been Leonard Nimoy's 90th birthday, the city of Boston declared it Nimoy, Leonard Nimoy. Yes. Also, on that day, the Boston Museum of Science has announced they are partnering with Nemo's family to develop a memorial honoring him in his famed Vulcan salute. Really? They released an image of it today, that same day, um, and it's going to be there at the Museum of Science in Boston. And it's a giant hand with the you know "Live Long and Prosper." Out of here, really? Yeah. Oh, it looks awesome. it looks amazing. It awesome. looks so good. Um, and so. Uh, what, if you want to, you can type that into your Google machine. You can find that, and it'll, it's a nice big statue with the hand, and it says live long and prosper on it. Um, looks like a marble base underneath that. Mm-hmm. And I can't quite tell what it's made from from the from the picture. It looks like a glass, you know, or, wow. or a shiny metal kind of thing. So, um, you know, it says uh, he only grew up a few blocks away from the Museum of Science. And he he never forgot his immigrant roots, um, and it says this is he'll always be a part of the beloved music, museum family. Uh, apparently, the museum president said so. Um, he 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 was born in the west end of Boston, right over there, and he collaborated with the Museum of Science as a recognizable voice of the introduction of the film of the Mugor Omni Theater, which is. Welcomes millions of audiences yes. years later. Yes, because I'm not gonna. I've been to the Boston Museum of Science. Oh, really? It's it's a fucking awesome place. And, yeah. Um, 
it was it was I remember when I went when when I went there it was like my it was like five degrees and the and the wind chill was like minus ten so it was like so fucking cold walking to the, in there but when we walked in it was me and my ex fiance mm. she's a piece of shit but um <laughs> she does she, she doesn't listen so it's so so it's all good but um no we walked in there and we we went to the theater and I I remember Nimoy doing the introduction for that it was. Just, mm. It's, it, I mean, it really was an incredible experience. So, I mean, if seriously, if anyone's near in the East Coast, go to uh, Boston. Actually, Boston is a really, really fun city. It really it is. is. It, it really is. is. Yeah, you know, and um, I was like, I did everything I wanted to do in Boston. I went to the Museum of Science, the aquarium, did both Cheers because, I because you know, I love – I'm a huge Cheers fan. So mm. able to go down, see the original Cheers and see how it was. It's a fucking hole in the wall. It legit is a fucking oh, yeah. wall. Yeah, and yeah. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. But uh, so yeah, then also too, a block away from 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 like the original cheers is uh the Greek uh, uh consulate. So I was able to take a picture mm. in, in front of the Greek consulate. So that's cool. Well, they did say if you're interested in donating to the memorial fund, you can visit mos.org slash Nimoy, and then you can help contribute. Nice. That and that they're working with the family to for the next phase of development, which includes finalizing site plans, fundraising, and construction. So the memorial fund, which will go towards that, is mos.org uh, slash Nimoy if you want to give for that. So, um, which is good. You know, I mean, I agree with you, Glenn Nimoy, great man. I, I got to go to Boston once for a few hours when I was with the girls' softball team. The, we were playing in Amherst, and we had a day off, and so we got to go to Boston and check it out. Went to Cheers, did the Freedom Walk, oh, nice. did a few other things. What went to the famous, I guess, Boston Outdoor Market there, where you got Quincy Market. Yeah, so Quincy. we got, yeah, we got dropped off there, and we walked to the Cheers, and we walked the Freedom Trail, stuff like that. It was really, really cool. Really enjoyed it. So mm-hmm. um, it was really good. So all right, so the next story we've got is to the journey, which is the documentary. That is about, you know, Star Trek Voyager. Um, at midnight, March thirty first, the crowd run, the they wrapped up their crowd uh, funding campaign for that. Uh, Triple D, do you know? Well, did you read the story? Do you know how much money they raised? I did not read the story. No. So, okay. so this, this, this is going to be a surprise to me because I remember how we were talking about it before, and I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me? It's that much money for for this?" I said, "Wow." Yeah. So here's what they so as of March of the first, when it stopped, they raised one million two hundred and sixty thousand two hundred and forty-five dollars. This sets a new record for documentary crowdfunding. Holy so, shit, are you kidding me? No, no, that's it is uh so it says here the campaign for Voyager almost doubled uh from what we left behind, the Deep Space Nine doc, which was around six hundred and thirty thousand dollars in twenty seventeen. Over the month of March, this was just in the month of March, to the journey supported by a total of 11,728 backers with at least 1,700 coming in the final two days of the Holy campaign. shit. You know, of course, they had, you know, like different people who were getting the word out. There's a picture of uh, Nana Visitor who played Kira DeReese. She's yeah. wearing a, um, she's wearing a, a Janeway shirt that says, grab a phaser, we're getting some answers. <laughs> um, you know, to support that. Um, so the previous record 
was I wonder one thing. Hold on. Oh. I wonder. I wonder if Tim Ross, who is is a graduate of a uh, Rome Free Academy, which is literally like five minutes away from my house. I wonder if he had a shirt on. Don't kill Tuvix. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's yeah. funny. So, uh, so, so here's the thing. The previous record for crowdfunding a documentary was $1,126,036 for the Frank Zappa doc. Who the blank is Frank Zappa? Save the vault. Tell the story. Produced and directed by Alex Winter of Bill and Ted fame. As the Voyager doc approached the number one spot, Winter actually joined in the push, offering his support, saying, "Go break the record." He actually, wow. you know, for to break the record. So, man. Now the hard part is filming um, it now. <laughs> well, they have a lot to do. So the campaign expanded the scope of the documentary with ten stretch goals that included increasing the runtime to ninety minutes and remastering footage for from Voyager and HD. Uh, and they're now focused on continuing production with more interviews, including follow-ups. The team is also planning on filming the Voyager reunion at October's Destination Star Trek in London. There's also talk of using um, uh, apparently the uh, actor who played Harry Kim, he had some home film, home footage of behind-the-scenes stuff. There's talk about using that wow. as well. That's so, great. you know, um, so that's what their stretch goal for one million was. Uh, exclusive, never before seen Voyager surprise is what's listed as. Um, well, we're definitely, we're definitely getting surprise now. Yeah, yeah. So wow, that's that's fantastic. Yeah, so they're going to continue to send updates. the 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 four five five film team is going to continue to send updates through their supporters' newsletters and provide updates through on the Indiegogo campaign via social media. Um, uh, there's still some perks available on the Indiegogo page, including the opportunity to reserve a copy of a Blu-ray DVD combo bat. Um, or you can go to the official site, voyagerdocumentary.com, and you can kind of see what's happening there to kind of keep up with it. But yeah, set the record for wow. a documentary with $1.2 million. So, Fuck Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, didn't, they, didn't, they can't touch that. Yeah. So, you know, man, speaking I of, have, man, I am motherfucking everybody today. You are. You are just in a mood, which is great. Sassy, I love it. Sassy. <laughs> so, but, which our next story talks about Janeway. There is a theory of how Kate Mulgrew's Captain Janeway fits into the new Star Trek Prodigy series. Okay. Um, so, uh, and it, it says, now these could, this is, it's a speculation. Okay. But it could contain potential spoilers. Right. So we're going to lay that out there. So what we, what do we know? To, so do you, do we want to move forward on this and and basically piss everyone's fucking punch bowl? Yeah, and I mean yes, this, yes. This is, I hope I hope you're going to say yes. Yeah, yeah. Because I love uh, punch bowl because fuck yeah, everybody. Yeah. So I mean, the whole point is is we're 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 this is all speculation. This is all theory. So if it comes right, okay, great. If not, whatever. Um, so the whole point is what we know so far is about alien teenagers who find there are a lawless group of teenagers who find a Starfleet ship. Um, <laughs> and it could be set in the Delta Quadrant because one of the characters is Talaxian. Uh, you know, and so, um, uh, and it says it's set outside the confines of the United Federation of Planets based off of 
the characters. Also, derelict ship run uh, by a group of teens would only be able to run free outside of Federation jurisdiction, especially if the series is set any time prior to the burning of the 31st century. Mm-hmm. Another clue that these teens are unfamiliar aliens came from the Nickelodeon president, Brian Robbins, in February, said the kids on the show have never worked together, have to work together, commandeer a starship, explore a universe like no other that you've ever seen. And so it raises all the question of what Jane would be doing on an abandoned ship so far away from Federation. So it is Kate Mulgrew. We've already established that. Um, uh, there's two possibilities uh, for Prodigy when it could be set. One could be during the years before Janeway took command of the Voyager in the year 2371. The other would be the brief period between returning home from the Delta Quadrant in the year 2378 and her promotion. Um I'm leaning more towards the the, the, the uh, promotion, right? So, um, so it could be, but they're even saying twenty three seventy nine, twenty three eighty, oh. <coughs> which is also during the same time as Lower Decks. Hmm. So, <coughs> the theory is though that Janeway is a hologram. I was gonna say, yeah, she's gonna be like a, she's like the EMH or something like that. Yeah, and that she's a teacher and a hologram. To kind of help set them along the path that they need to go. So, and so it, it, it has to be when she brings Voyager back to the Alpha Quadrant, right? And they're saying they're saying maybe as a emergency command hologram. Yes, yes. <coughs> kind of like what we saw with uh, the Doctor. Yeah, when he became the uh, commander. Yeah, when he when yeah he, he did the command thing. That right. Was, that was that was that was hilarious when he did that. Yeah. yeah and, and the, him and Tom Paris were like sniping yeah. each other. That was great. Yeah. So you know they're talking about those those that are the kind of the running theories mm-hmm. right now is how she's going to be involved in an abandoned ship. Yeah. Um, is that and it makes the most sense? But they're saying maybe tomorrow, April fifth, that they're going to have a theory and more details that gives the first look at Janeway since they're going to have that prodigy panel. Mm-hmm. Where we get to see more how it's going to be fleshed out, but that's the running theory right now is that her involvement is going to be involved with the fact that um, we've got uh, her as an emergency command hologram uh, on this show um, on a derelict ship. So, all right, so we've got two more stories that I think you're going to like. They're going to be fun. They're going to be different. The first one, the first one is right up your alley, my friend, because. You know, last year we had the Hallmark stuff. Yeah. We had the Hallmark ornaments. Um, Well, they've already said that they're going to be releasing two more in this series. It's going to include Mirror Spock and Mirror Checkoff. No. Yes. Oh, I have to to get Mirror Spock. Yeah. They're going to be, they're coming out um, July 10th. Okay. The Hallmark ornament premiere date for this year will take place on July 10th. They're going to be, Will sell for thirty four ninety nine a piece. Just take my money now. Yeah. So, can you, you know, uh, can you uh, pre order them? Uh, it does not show a link that you can pre order them right now on there. So, um, but they are in addition to the very cool tree topper that you know, someone yeah. on this podcast gave someone else, which they're very grateful for. Uh, uh, I'm glad you 
I'm glad you enjoyed it, brother. I love it. I love it. I'm just trying to, you know, I'm really, I can't, it's like, I kind of want it to be Christmas again so I can put it up. You know? <laughs> Don't worry. It's, it's, it's <coughs> soon enough. Trust me. Yeah. So, but yeah, those are the new ones this year. So you're going to have five now. So they're going to be joining uh, Mira Kirk, Sulu, and Uhura, which were released last year, along with the ship and the badge. So, you know, and, and they're going to be adding. Um, uh, so it says here the storyteller ornaments connect them, uh, connect them to Hallmark's keepsake power cord to see the continuous light effort. Press the button and watch it perform exciting scene from the classic original series Mirror Mirror. Adding more ornaments will give the give a larger interactive performance. My God, my God, so, it's it's it's, a, it's already like a ten minute long performance. Yeah. So you check off and. And Spock. That and is. here and here's what they're saying. Expect to see the last two, Mir McCoy and Scott, next year. We didn't even have Mir McCoy, really. And Mir Scott, that's fucking fantastic. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god. Yep. I have to. I have. I have a customer who works at. Um, she works at a um, an office an office supply store, and they they do like they have Hallmark there. I gotta tell her, be like, Donna, when they release the new Star Trek stuff, you gotta save me two of them. Oh my god, dude, I'm I'm fucking psyched. That's great. Oh my god, dude, it's gonna seriously, it's gonna be like a 30 minute long fucking show. Yeah. Oh my god, that's, yeah, that's gonna be great. Yeah. That's so great. you so this year you've got Spock and Chekhov, and the next year. Um, McCoy and Scott. God, so, oh my God. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. All right. So, my last mother, story. My mother and my sister are going to be like, You, what the hell is wrong with you? I'll be like, Nothing. Nothing. Star Trek, baby. Star Trek. Well, we're going to see if there's anything wrong with you after this one because the last story we have today is even more stuff that's coming out like right now. <laughs> uh, the first one is, uh, is from Uconic Rogue Factory. They're the makers of the Enterprise Pizza Cutter. You can oh, now right. have a USS Discovery pizza cutter modeled after the mm -hmm. Crossfield class starship of Discovery with the rotating sausage session that will slice your pizza up. Uh, the Disco pizza cutter measures eight and a half inches long and is now mm -hmm. available on Amazon for $34.99. Triple D, you getting oh, you okay. a Discovery pizza cutter? No. <laughs> do you have a Star Trek pizza, the, the Enterprise pizza cutter? I do not have the Enterprise pizza pizza cover. But, okay. but I will say this, though. I bought a I bought a collection of seventeen Star Trek novels, and a you like you know how, you know they had the Haynes uh, uh, repair guys for like cars. Oh yeah, yeah. They have one for the U.S. for for the ships of Star Trek of of, of the Enterprise. Do they really? Yeah, and they came with like the seventeen novels that I bought. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. So. Oh my gosh. Okay, so Conic has another. Star Trek item in line for their long tradition of making fun products for Think Geek. They just announced the Star Trek Shuttlecraft Justman Tent. Shaped like a Federation Type 6 shuttlecraft from Star Trek Next Generation. This tent is about 8 feet long and almost 4 feet tall and you can fit 2 to 3 adults. This tent is waterproof and includes an anti-insect mesh and carrying bag. You can pick one up on your next away mission for $139.99 at Toynick. You know, all right, Triple D, here you go. You got a Star Trek. It looks like one of these, um, like, you, that you can kind of fold up and put into a disc really? kind of thing and then throw out there kind of stuff. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but it's eight feet long, almost four feet tall. It can fit two to three adults. So Triple D, you get in a tent and going out uh, with a special lady and getting it on in a Star Trek uh, shuttlecraft tent. I mean, as, 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 as far as that sounds, my idea of camping is going to a cabin in the woods and turning the key and walking inside the cabin, being away from all the fucking shit that can get into the tent, like snakes and fucking bugs. And guess what? Fuck snakes. I hate snakes as well. Oh, I hate snakes, too. I hate oh, snakes. Oh, God. All right. So another one, TNG rubber rubber duckies. So Numskull <laughs> is following up with their Star Trek original series rubber duckies. Apparently, there was original series Rubber Duckies I with Next Generation. I know that. There are, so like the TOS collection, there are four to choose from um, with the ducks inspired by Captain Picard, Counselor Troy, Worf, and Geordi LaForge. Oh my God. Measuring three and a half inches tall, and each tub's duck comes with a display stand when not needed for duty in the bath. <laughs> they, they are $12.99 and can be picked up at Just Geek. All right, good so Lord Almighty! Do you need a, you need a, do you need a rubber ducky? That's a I, rubber ducky. I mean, I, I like rubber duckies, but man, I don't need a rubber ducky that bad in my life. Okay, the wharf one has his mustache and has the ridges, and he has he's carrying a bat lift. Are you fucking kidding? Me? No, I'm not kidding you at all. Oh my I'm, god! In the story, they have their own even little YouTube uh, commercial. Are you- <laughs> Jean Luc Picard has a little little gray hair around the you know on the top. Wait, wait, hold on. wait, wait a minute. The the one showing Worf, did they show him getting his ass kicked? This guy's ass kicked in every next generation show. No, and Jordy's got the you know the eye things with a pad. Oh Worf's God. got a bat lift, and then Deanna Troy, she's in her Starfleet uniform, but she's got all her hair and all that. So yeah, uh, you know. So huh. all right, so. Here we go. So the last last thing on this story, more TOS Megos are coming out. All uh, right. Yeah, we have been impressed with the relaunched Mego figures. The latest yeah. wave are the eight-inch tall retro cloth figures you see on Star Trek Original Series. We're getting Scotty, McCoy, and the Salt Vampire. You can get them on oh, Amazon. The Salt Vampire. You can get them on Amazon yeah. for $24.99 right now. The funny thing is the Salt Vampire was in another episode of the original series, kind of yeah. like a she was in the one where the, um, you know what? That's the original series episode that we should do. The one with, uh, um, where, where Kirk and um, Sulu get transported down to the planet, where it's like that the guy Trelane, right? Yeah, that's to me. You know, that's kind of like the beginnings of like Q. Yeah. So I mean, that was that. That's a good episode, but in like. When when they when they walk into Trillane's uh, house, one of the um, one of the statues is of the Salt Vampire. Mm-hmm. So, but no, but that that was a uh, that was that was a crazy fucking original series episode. Yeah. So. Yeah, that was. So that's my last news story that we have for today. Um, you know, there was a lot of news this week. With a lot of news. Movies and, of course, Shatner having his birthday. And then, of course, Nimoy, them sharing, you know, that same week. of They both would have been 90. Mm-hmm. Um, Shatner obviously did turn 90. Nimoy obviously passed a little while back. And so he would have been 90. Yeah. But with a lot of that going on, the movies are clicking along. Yeah. The, you know, like you said, we've got five TV shows in production Jesus. right now. Oh two God. animated and and three, you know, live action stuff. 
So, you know, and then, you know, we talked to Shatner being that we're celebrating his birthday um, since the last time we talked, it wasn't his birthday yet. Um, we wanted to you know, go over our five favorite roles. So once again, I'm going to plug everything to where you can tell us what you want to see on your five favorite roles um, for William Shatner. What do you feel were his best roles? Maybe there's something out there that we haven't seen and maybe yeah. we do a, we, we do that as one of our things that we talk about, mm-hmm. you know, one week and, you give us that information going, oh, hey, yeah, we need to talk about that role that William Shatner had. So yeah. um, so if you want to email us, you can email us at theacademyhmg at yahoo.com. That is our email address, and you can hit us up and send us show ideas, requests, questions. We want to answer your questions here live and and you know get, uh, get our input on what you're thinking. Um, you can send that to that email. Tell us your Five favorite Shatner things, and we'll read those on the air. And what you, we'll tell you what we think about your ratings on them, or you can send them to Twitter, DM us, or send it to us straight, uh, straight to us uh, on Twitter. We're at the Academy HMG, so make sure you find us that way. Um, you can, like I said, you can hit us up in those DMs. The DMs are open, and you can also just tweet at us to tell us what you think your five favorite Shatner roles are, or whatever else you want us to read or talk about Star Trek. And then, of course, you can find us on Facebook, The Academy with Triple D and JDE on HMG. Or if you don't want to type all that out in the search bar, just type in at Academy HMG, and that'll take you directly to our page. And once again, you can message us. You could make a post. We put funny memes um, and all kinds of different things on there. So, um, you know, I think between the two of us, we put plenty of – different you know mm-hmm. uh, and stuff up there so it is it is definitely a place to go just to find out how you know how much you know we enjoy star trek so mm-hmm. those ways you can get a hold of us to tell us your favorite chat and roles celebrate the man it's his birthday you know it is uh you know and if you've got more than five hey tell us we want to hear yeah, about exactly it. yeah because i want to know about all the roles you know it's like yeah. We don't know all the roles that he played. So yeah, we we, we talked about a couple. Um, you know, I went with uh, you know you know people forget that he was on Twilight Zone. You know, yeah. uh, or they forget about Priceline. But maybe we we've, we've missed something that uh, he did that you really enjoyed. Tell us about those things. Yeah. Let us know what they are because we do this show for you guys. You know, we are fans. Um, we're not experts. We're fans, and we we like hearing what you guys have to say. And we like hearing what you guys, um, you know, want to hear from the show. So that's everything for me on how to get a hold of the show, Triple D. And so we can start seeing our top five list of Shatner roles from our fans. Yeah. So what about you? How do we, how do we get a hold of you? What are, give us our plugs and stuff for the night. Sure. Are you sure people want to get a hold of me after after today? I'll probably get a lot of hate mail. So if you want to send your hate mail, your hate tweets, and just tell me, Triple D, you're a piece of fucking shit because you said that Donald Trump is still your president. You can find me, Demetrius Zerdos, at Facebook. At, at, at Facebook. You can find me, uh, GreekDZ25, at Twitter. You can find me at Instagram, Demetrius9778. I don't post Fuck nothing on fucking Instagram. So you ain't going to find shit on there, motherfuckers. But, you know, but once again, you know, but most times I'm on, like, Facebook. So, but, but, but if you guys want to do that, also, two guys, I also 
happen to run a very, very uh, nice donut shop where we have nice pictures of donuts. Donuts aren't political. Donuts don't, you know, they don't, they don't call you nasty names. Donuts are sugary and delicious. And uh, so check it out. Also, too, our social media page is run by the great Ben Hameen. So all you infidel morons should check it out because if not for Ben Hameen, we would not be here right now because he is the founder of the Hameen Media Network. So also, too, guys, zerdosoliveoil.com, best olive oil in the business. Check it out. Or some bottles. We got fresh olive oil, guys. Come on now. It's summertime. Got to get your summer bodies back. So you got to start cooking a little healthier. Start with Zerto's olive oil, baby. So that's that's it for me, John. How can all the fans, the freaks, the geeks, and just the dying piece strippers, where can they find you, my friend? Well, they can find me um, on the internet. I'm, I just live on the internet half the time <laughs> with work. Um, but if you want to, you can uh, go to Facebook and type in John Inright. You'll see me there. You know me. I got the I got the good smile and the and the nice hat and the, everything like that. Um, and of course, if you can't figure it out, I'm in Weatherford, Texas, so that's the easiest way to find me there. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter uh, as Jay Men. You can find me on TikTok as Jay Reezy. Um, I'm doing those things now. Like I said, mostly to troll my son and to bring a bit of positivity to TikTok. But uh, you know. Uh, it's it's been a lot of fun, and of course, the kids in the program get kicked out of it too. Exactly. Um, you know, so it's been fun to do that kind of stuff. And so, those are how you get a hold of me. But if you want to talk mental health, if you need somebody to talk to about um, you're having a bad day, or you need some, you're struggling with some things, you need some help, uh, maybe finding resources in your area, um, things along those lines, you can email me, John at freedomhousepc.org. Um, but we're not talking Star Trek on that one. That one is strictly for if you need mental health. Exactly. Uh, resources or help. Um, those are places where I'm very passionate about and I want to see you get the help you need. And so I understand life is hard. We've seen this past year that really the true pandemic is our mental health. It we're, is. we're not, we're, we're living in a pandemic of mental health and that we are not prepared for it. And so, you know, it, it is one of those things where I, I want to help you. You can also reach me on all those other things, on all those other platforms to talk about mental health. But if you want a, a, the most private and secure way to do that, you can email me directly, john at freedomhousepc.org, and I'll be glad to help you with whatever it is you need. Figure out what it is you need, what are resources in your area. You and I can work together on figuring out what those things are, what works for you. Um, and Or if you just need someone to listen sometimes, you know, I'll be glad to do that. So um, those are the things we do, because I don't just do Star Trek. I do I do try to help people on a, very, on a daily basis. Um, so... With that said, uh, I am done giving plugging myself for the day. So, Triple D, you've done a great job of plugging yourself for today, you know. And uh, I, I just, I do want to say that I'm thankful for you, Triple D. I know we do these things on a regular basis. Um, you know, you handle the production aspect of it, getting it done and recorded and setting everything up. So, you know, it's been fun. I enjoy this thing every week that we get. To- you come together and talk about Star Trek and have fun. And then I always enjoy finding a story or two that maybe breaks you at some point. <laughs> <laughs> that random oh, one that man. I don't expect, and then it breaks oh, you. And I'm just you. Like, oh. Wow. Yeah, this is the first time, the first time in the couple in the few shows that 
I didn't get a chance to like to like get you going. It just he got me good today. <laughs> yeah, no, and but, I'm okay. You know, but guys, listen, you know this was you know this this show this was this was a fun show because you know this is really this was a heavy new this was a heavy news show, but plus we wanted to pay a tribute to Shatner. And on that, guys, go watch something of Shatner's. Go watch Star Trek. Go watch Boston Legal. Go watch you know, TJ Hooker, whatever. Geniality. Watch Shatner and enjoy Shatner for who he is. And once again, happy birthday, uh, Bill Shatner from us, the Academy. And on that, John, I got to say this, brother. Live long and prosper, my friend, just like Leonard Nimoy. His hand symbol is in the uh, Museum of Industrial History in Boston. But, guys, we'll see you same bad time. No, I'm sorry, same Star Trek time, same Star Trek channel. And uh, that's it. So, good night, and we'll talk to you later.